0: This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by RoddingWonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmul3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash Wscottis1. Hi, I'm w. Scott Is one and I have not seen the movie Dr. Strangelove.
1: Oh! Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A oh, Cinema Best of popcorn.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinema Vention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Doctor Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. <laughs> too long of a title we're just going to refer to it as dr strangelove <laughs> today we'll be discussing that movie today dr strangelove which my guests have seen before my first guest is a diamond club game night contributor he's been on the show before making his triumphant return please welcome back uh tom tom, <laughs> tom. just tom aka captain jack how you doing man <laughs> i'm good how you doing pretty good man pretty good thank you for having me back absolutely and joining us for the very first time but uh patreon supporters are very familiar with his voice because uh he's in the watch parties um for a lot of these movies please welcome to the show um alan roth aka wabbit magic how you doing man
1: hi i'm pretty good
0: good good to see you and uh you guys uh, um this was uh this was uh uh this was Alan's pick. Alan, you really wanted to talk about this movie and uh and you uh you you wanted to bring on uh Captain Jack for this one, uh, because uh Captain Jack was gonna provide even more insightful analysis than us two could put together, you know.
1: <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um mm-hmm. so that's why.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, is there any particular
1: reason? uh i guess because of it it was a i've always been attracted to nuclear movies so i would say and the fact that it was kubrick and a satire of the whole uh cold war and everything uh i think that's the reason yeah
0: yeah, no, and yeah, and we'll talk more about that when we get into the, um, discussing the movie. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's it's very interesting that we covered this movie uh, given the timeline of things going on in the world right now. And uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. But as we always do, we like to go over the stats of the movie real quick before we discuss it. So let's begin by saying that Dr. Strangelove is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors and your big box retail stores as well. But it is not currently available to stream in the U.S. as of, as of this recording. Uh, check JustWatch.com for, or if that ever changes in the future. Uh, Dr. Strangelove was released by Columbia Pictures on January 29th, 1964. The movie was directed by Stanley Kubrick and stars Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, no relation, Sterling Hayden, Kaneen Wine, and Tracy Reed. The movie had a budget of $1.8 million and made $9.5 million in theaters, which given uh, 1964, we're talking 1964 numbers, that's, those are pretty good box office numbers for 1964. Uh, so we'll start off with Alan first, uh, and then we'll go to Tom. Uh, Alan, do you remember when you first saw this movie?
1: Actually not. And by the way, it was Keenan Wynn. You pronounce it wrong. but no. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember what I said, but yeah, sure. Yeah, he
2: does that all the time.
1: Yeah. He does, I know. I know he does all the time. Um, I, I'm guessing I first saw it on television. Some, some time in the, when I was a kid in the sixties, mm-hmm. came out in 63, 64. So it probably made it to television a couple of years a year years later. Yeah, probably That's around 67 68 I saw
0: probably, yeah.
1: Something like that. Uh but one more memorable occasion uh was when I went to see Jimi Hendrix in concert. It was uh New Year's night 1970. Mm. Uh in the pre-show They were showing film clips and stuff, and they showed the scene of Kong riding the bomb down. Oh! They showed that scene, and... Yeah, I, when I saw it, I said, oh, this is from Dr. Strangelove, and I knew it right away, so mm-hmm, it had mm-hmm. to be before that oh, that I yeah. actually saw the
0: movie. Oh, that yeah, that is such a glorious scene. Probably one of my favorite scenes of this entire movie, <laughs> if I'm being
1: honest. Yeah. This- <laughs> it,
2: it, it was an amusing scene at the end there.
1: Absolutely. Now, there is a discrepancy there, a flub, in a way, because he rides the scene, the bomb down, it looks like, from a very high altitude but previously you saw the plane flying at very very low to the ground oh so there's so that's sort of a that's flood. a good
0: point i never stopped to think about that until just now but you're <laughs> right yeah because the the whole time yeah the the plane is flying so low to the ground in that in that scene yeah but but yeah no and it makes no sense because it's like when did it all? When did the plane all of a sudden just get up to a higher altitude? Yeah, it doesn't really right. add up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, Tom, do you remember when you saw this movie for the first
2: time? Not exactly, but I know I saw it in college about twenty years ago for a film studies class. Okay. So okay, so the, yeah, yeah, so saw it in school for
0: credit. Okay, yeah, so but. But uh, but uh but did you enjoy it at least it sounded like you enjoyed it oh yeah that, i though. did yeah yeah fair enough um so th- yeah so yeah right about right about that time yeah so a little later on but but still uh it's uh it's it's been around for so long though that it's like you know i mean i'm just getting around to it in 2022 so i mean I, i'm, I'm well, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you're getting around to a lot of stuff in 2022
0: yeah 2021 2022 yeah you're right
2: for sure and on into the future mm-hmm. as long as it stills on
0: yep absolutely yeah it's still lots more to cover i mean yeah i still to this day it's like we're still finding new um ground to cover and it's and it's amazing um so i want to talk about this aspect of the movie because it was an this was an interesting movie um in terms of the uh, timeline for me because um I we were right now, as we're recording this uh, episode, it's it's interesting to watch this in 2022, because right now um, the Ukraine war is still ongoing. And right now, Russia is essentially doing kind of basically a power grab and trying to annex, you know, portions of Ukraine. Um, And, you know, some have uh, some have argued that uh, that Putin is basically trying to bring back the Soviet Union. Which kind of, you know, takes you back to that Cold War era, essentially. And this and this movie is is essentially all about the Cold War and how, like, the U.S. and Russia were, you know, having, obviously, of course, some major tension in those times. Um, and y- because it's like, and throughout the movie, they kept saying, you know, it's like, we can't be having any of these commies taken over. You know, they kept calling them Ruskies um, um, all throughout the film. And... I gotta say, like, I, 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 think we gotta be honest here. It's like, I, I, did the Cold War really ever end? Because in many ways, it really hasn't, you know.
1: Well, officially, the Cold War ended, you know, when the wall fell, the East Berlin wall, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the- when, uh the Soviet Union broke up, mm-hmm. uh, just around the same time or was it a little lighter?
2: Uh A9 for the wall, 91 for the Union. Yeah, follow the Soviet oh, okay. Union, yeah.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah, and uh yeah, that's yeah, so it, it it's interesting when you bring it all that together because like because I don't know, it's like I, it, to me it's like yes, it's not the same thing. I I I I'm 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 saying that off off the top here that it's not the same thing, right? Like it's a different war, right? But um but famously, of course, uh, Russia has also been saying that you know nuclear weapons are not off the table either. Which you know, again, like I said, brings back all these fears that people had back during the Cold War, and it sort of um, reinvigorates those you know fears that we all used to have. I mean, it does feel a little uh, it does feel a little different this time around, though, um, doesn't it, Alan? Like it, it feels a little different than the Cold War when Putin's making his threats.
1: The tension during the early 60s was at a height around the time of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had the Russian, miss, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis mm-hmm. in 60, uh, October 62. Yeah, yeah. That was really the peak because nuclear war could have broken out at any time during that two, it was like 10 days. Yeah. Two weeks, uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, uh in fact I would recommend what there's there's uh, missiles of October there's a number of movies that refer to this situation and uh just from a historical point of view uh you should watch something on it uh mm-hmm. to learn what actually happened during that time because yeah. the whole world was actually in at the edge of their seats. Yeah, uh, during, is there you know, a specific was, one was, that you would a, recommend? Uh, I think there was there was a um, a movie called Missiles of October, which was one of them. I don't know if it okay. was a movie, movie or a TV movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair uh, enough, though. Yeah.
1: But yeah, anything you can find on it uh would be interesting. Yeah. uh Absolutely. Um,
2: did you have anything to add, Tom, on that? I mean, beyond that, Cuban Missile Crisis was yeah the closest we'd ever come to nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Not that I am old enough to have lived through that. Mm-hmm. My parents did because the unfortunately they are we'll have its age. Not going to say much more than that. But yeah, that's sure. <laughs> the closest we ever got. And I'm not sure if the old Soviet premiers were ever actually crazy enough to ever try nuclear war. I guess after that.
0: Yeah. And and, well, because Mm -hmm. and now that Putin is basically threatening that now, it's like, I don't know, it's like it feels to me that it's like everyone's just kind of, you know, it's like calling his bluff almost a little bit because it's like not not to say that it's not a serious situation because it absolutely is. Right. But it feels a little different this time because of what we went through in the Cold War, like Putin may be saying all these things, but we're like. Yeah, but really, are you actually going to do it this time? Like, you saw what happened in the Cold War. Like that, like tensions were so high then, and we and it still didn't happen. Like, are you really going to do that? And people are just kind of calling him off out on his bluff. Really, at this point, you know. Um, and personally for me, it, it, it's interesting because we have not officially. I mean, we we have and we haven't got gotten into the war. We haven't put any troops on the ground yet. Um, yet, but. We have been sending supplies to the Ukraine people, and, and I would say that right now we're kind of on the offensive side, ready for an attack, but we haven't officially put in the troops on the ground yet. Kind of, kind of similar to our stance uh, in, World, in World War II, just kind of before Pearl Har- the Pearl Harbor attack, right? And Tom Merritt and I talked about this a, a lot more in depth on the Casablanca episode, which is another great black and white film from the 40s. You should go listen to that episode.
2: Yeah, but one thing about World War Two that yeah, we were neutral. There was really any reason for us to get involved until we got attacked. Mm-hmm. And this isn't really something that we're directly involved in. Right? Uh, Ukraine's not part of NATO, mm-hmm. so it's not like. Everyone has to come in to support the alliance. Yeah.
0: As of yet. Did, right? I, I, I mean, of course they're think, they are trying to get into NATO. But yeah. Yeah,
2: try to get into NATO. Of course, Russia's pissed about that. They don't mm-hmm. want it. But but yeah, I I I don't know if we're actually going to send troops to a situation that we're not directly um
0: affected by right unless Russia attacks us you know that would be that would be the point where where that would happen you know which which of course which of course Russia's you know I would think I would hope is not stupid enough to do that you know
2: <laughs> I mean this is Putin this is the guy that mm-hmm. again wants to be a an old Soviet premier again yep
0: exactly yeah so yeah no you can't you can't yeah that's absolutely true you can't um, you can't um, rule anything out but but it would be incredibly stupid if he did. So I I guarantee you that's why he hasn't done anything yet. So so yeah, so that kind of describes our stance at the moment. But um but uh but speaking of Casablanca, I said this on that very episode and 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 I and I said that Casablanca was going to be a tough movie to beat in terms of an old film, and I still stand by that statement because like not to say um not to say that this movie was bad, because I don't believe it was. However, in my personal viewpoint, I think that Casablanca was still a better movie than Doctor Strangelove. Again, not to say that Doctor Strangelove was not a, was a bad movie, because I don't I don't think it was a bad movie. I did enjoy it a lot, but um, but that's just my opinion personally. But um I, we're, well, it,
1: I would I would say something. I, I, uh, I mean, they're two totally different types of movies. So, uh, mm-hmm. Casablanca was a drama, and this is uh, obviously a satire on real events. So, it's apples and oranges, I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I can, I can, I can get that. Um, it, but it, but, I, but yeah, certainly that point taken, but I will say for this particular instance it the the genre doesn't even really matter at this point it's more just whether i enjoyed it or not more so than the genre but i do but i get what you're saying i totally i totally get what you're saying um so let's talk about uh some interesting facts about this movie so this was interesting and i don't think I, i don't even i didn't even really realize this um we mentioned one of the actors in this movie uh peter sellers and he actually plays three characters in this movie i don't know uh i don't know if first time watchers caught that or not but um but he plays dr strangelove of course but he also plays the president like the u.s president and captain Lionel mandrake uh which is the captain that was being held up by general jack ripper like he was the guy that was um essentially trying to get back to the president and be like hey this is a rogue guy you need to stop this right and you were saying uh, alan before we recorded that um supposedly half of the budget was set aside just to pay his salary and i got to say to be honest i would say that that is that tracks and that is totally warranted because uh because uh the fact that you know he he was playing three roles essentially like yeah that makes total sense
1: right um, oh he was a big star back then you know
0: yeah yeah well it, yeah and, and what what were you saying about uh because you said something about what stanley said about it too like which i totally agreed with
1: uh yeah Sally kubrick said that it was worth it because he got three rolls for the price of six
0: yeah <laughs> which i yeah i was of six yeah.
1: <laughs> well no, yeah. Honestly
0: though, like that tracks. I totally agree with that statement. Uh, yeah, because because if you've got three roles of that caliber and you do each one of them pretty well as as I believe he did, then yeah, absolutely he should be getting um half of the salary of <laughs> or half of the budget of this film. <laughs> which Man, I, I guess would be five hundred thousand dollars. So <laughs> which is uh pretty pretty good change uh for that time period. So um
2: also, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be General Kong up in the B-52, but just couldn't swing that fourth roll, so he had to keep it at three.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, obvious. Yeah, I mean, three rolls is already a, a, a bit much. Four, though, yeah, that would, I can I well, get the where studio, that
1: would be. A little tedious. Go the, ahead. The studio wanted him to have four rolls. Mm-hmm. So, but he couldn't uh, know this, yeah. No, <laughs>
0: at that point, at that point, you call you, you talk to your agent, and you're like, Yeah, no, I'm not signing up for that. <laughs> it's like, I'll do, I'll, I'll do two, I'll even agree to do three, but four, nah, that's a little much. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so they got Slim Pickens instead, and he did a good job, Mm-hmm. absolutely. So, what was interesting about the B 52 bombers that were in this movie, um, is, is it, w- w- what was crazy is that the B52 bombers were actually not the real B52 bombers uh, because at the time uh, those planes uh, were being made and they were being used like right at the time that they were filming. like so obviously they were highly classified at this point and so nobody was able to get access to the inside of a B52, much less get any like blueprints for it at all. And so we we found out that what they had to do, was essentially take a B-29 and basically sort of recreate a B-52 based on what they thought it would look like, based on the blueprints that they had of a B-29. And what was crazy is that when they actually finished the, the, the concept for it and the building for it, they invited some Air Force personnel to come take a look at it to you know make sure that they were at least somewhat on track with their, um, with their concept. And what the Air Force personnel said is that it was actually fairly decently accurate to the real B-52 bombers, like to the T, like they got it pretty close, pretty close to dead on. And at that point, I was thinking like you would think that the U.S. government would be concerned about this information, but it turns out it was Kubrick who was the most concerned about it because he was pondering uh, where those researchers were getting their research from. And. I'm wondering if he was suspecting that perhaps they were probably getting it from, uh, some resources that they probably shouldn't have. Like, some less than ethical means, you you could say, right? (laughs) Because how else do they get it that close? You know what I mean? So, some conspiracy going on here. (laughs) Uh... Those rotary phones, man. I gotta tell you, like that was such a throwback. I I haven't seen a whole lot of um. I've seen a lot of rotary phones, but those computers in particular, like because they were talking about computers and like how they were taking up like a whole room. I have to imagine that was just one computer that was in that one room, right? Because that was kind of how they were set up back
1: then. I think weren't they? They they showed one big, uh, like an IBM line printer that that's like six feet tall. It takes up a lot of room and it was printing. That thing would have been so noisy that you wouldn't be able to, like he had the radio on, I think, or something. Uh, you wouldn't be able to hear it that well because it was, those printers are so noisy.
2: <laughs> that was the one that Mandrake opened then grabbed the radio afterwards, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, the uh, yeah, the small little radio that he had. Um, I I remember at one point Reaper was like, um, "It was like, hey, cut it out, cut the music out." (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, the the world's about to go to nuclear war. It's like, of course you gotta put on your favorite soundtrack. You know, (laughs) why wouldn't you? Um, (laughs) but even that Coke machine that was there, like that was an old like, um vending machine i've only i've never used one of those old machines but i've seen them like in museums and shit like like those that is an old school vending machine i don't even know how those used to work back in the day like
2: i assume they had had some sort of crank (laughs) on it or something magic that's how they worked
1: (laughs) they had separate canisters for carbon dioxide the syrup and and water coming in and combined it all at the last second so a cup would come down then the the syrup and the carbon dioxide and the water would come in and it would be mixed right there and then mhm i remember i remember those uh, machines when i was a kid so sometimes if it didn't work right or if it was out of syrup you'd just get a a cup of water or uh bubbly soda without the without the coke in it
2: <laughs> oh really uh- yeah I always thought that it's, specific machine dispense cans or bottles, not that would dispense cups and pre and make everything right there.
1: Uh I don't know, but there were those machines. I don't <laughs> know if this specific machine was like that. So it was kinda
0: of, so it's kind of like uh like it was so basically if I'm understanding this correctly, would it basically just kind of work like a um like a fountain machine that you would go to at like a restaurant or something, except it was in yeah. like a vending machine form kind of?
1: Yes. Wow. And, yeah. That's sometimes amazing. Sometimes the cup, sometimes the cup comes down and it doesn't sit properly, and it just all the soda falls out <laughs> of it because it's not an oh, angle, yeah. uh-huh. you know.
0: Oh yeah, no, it, it's like it leaves a mess on the on the on the there, floor. There was a lot uh. of
1: things that could go wrong.
0: <laughs> were 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 the floors super sticky uh, close to the machines? <laughs> I have to imagine they were.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh uh so I it, it remind me uh who which one of you two it was I I believe it was you Tom that mentioned this to me about uh about that um scene with um General Turgidson where he's arguing with the Russian ambassador at one point and he and he trips as he's walking back to the table and it turns out that he actually um actually in real life actually did trip and fall and they just left that scene in apparently um
2: which is I th- crazy. I know. I questioned during the watch party: Was he? Supp- did, uh, did he actually trip? Yeah, like was that supposed to happen, or was that was that a blooper? And they that was think, well, actually
1: meant- a blooper, yeah. but yeah. it fit so well in his character that it was fine. Yeah. So they left it in, it, but it, it was- wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't <laughs> scripted. Yeah. Was
2: yeah. A hell of a recovery by Scott too.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That was that, that was that was good by him. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it saved the scene, I guess, in many ways, you know, because, because, uh, I mean, we wouldn't have gotten yeah, that, as iconic of a scene that way, you
2: know? It, that absolutely fit the way Turgeson was. hmm.
0: Yeah. So they're going over the, uh, the ration supplies. Uh, they're, they're, they're so they're, th- this is back in the plane now, right? In the B 52. And they're going over the ration supplies for this mission because, of course, you know, they're, at any moment, they could be uh, they could be uh, stuck for supplies, which but for some reason inside the ration supplies they also included basically lipstick and what essentially was a condom. But what what did they call it? What they didn't call it a condom. What did they call it? The um,
2: prophylactic.
0: Prophylactic, yeah, <laughs> because you know of course those two things are necessary in any ration supply. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, especially when you're shot down over the uh, Russian wilderness, right? I mean, yeah, but
0: th- those they were in the modern rogue uh, ration uh, boxes that they got, right? And, and nobody, everyone remembers that, right? I'm the They're only one.
2: Modern rogues, though. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: uh, but uh, but the, what's what's important about that is that there was a line um, where uh, they were talking about these ration supplies, and they were comparing it to a night out. In, in the original line was comparing it to a night out in Dallas and last minute they had to change the line from Dallas to Vegas via dub over because this movie came out 2 months after a certain event happened in Dallas uh if see if you can recall uh president kennedy's assassination <laughs> happened 2 months prior to that so yeah
2: yeah to change that for uh sensitivity mm-hmm.
0: probably
1: yeah and there were supposed to be a screening on that day that uh yeah, the assassination happened
0: yeah you were saying um, that yeah it was supposed to happen that very same day too there was supposed to be a screening i have to imagine they probably canceled it <laughs> oh, Probably. yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they probably canceled, rescheduled it.
1: everything for two months yeah
0: right yeah,
2: yeah, yeah everything
1: everything shut down at that time of the assassination
2: uh oh i can imagine yeah i I, yeah. I would imagine so with such a whole with such a high profile figure
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it was it was like uh, 9-11 mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know i mean all the talk show hosts after nine eleven, they just they didn't uh they didn't have any shows for a few months yeah they
0: didn't know what the letterman to do.
1: was the first first one to come back uh Really was months? So, yeah, or just, are yeah, you exaggerating?
0: Well, no. It, well, yeah. Uh, I, well, no. I for 9/11 specifically, yeah. Letterman came. Yeah. Letterman came back that the very next week. Like I think the, like the Monday before um the week anniversary, uh, he was back on the air.
2: I think.
1: Oh, was it that soon? Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I believe it, I, it was. Seemed yeah. like
1: forever. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it
2: did back then. Yeah, I, I know SNL was back within a couple of weeks. Yeah. This is all in nine eleven, of course, but
0: but 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 going yeah, back yeah. to the whole assassination. I mean, it, it, because people always said, you, but people always ask, where were you when Kennedy got shot? And you know, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's like, where were you when nine eleven happened? You know, it's the same. It's the same historical, like, you know, it's a, it's the same crazy historical event. Um, you know that you know defines history. You know, so right. yeah, absolutely. So. The only woman in this entire movie is—is this—is this, uh, is this uh, lady who is basically um, Turgid, Turgidson's wife or lover or mistress? I, what would you guys call her? I mean, I guess, I guess his, she se- was, his secretary. Maybe it was a
1: secretary.
0: Wait, yeah, was it a sec? Was it his secretary? I Yeah, I guess it was.
2: Yeah, I. Well, she 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 did answer the phone for him and. Oh, yeah, true. Yelling, he kept yelling stuff while he was on the can.
0: Yeah, true. But, uh, but it was, it, 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 yeah. So, it, it, yeah, his secretary or what, yeah, whatever. But, uh, point is, it, it was, it was, uh, they were clearly together. They had had multiple sexual relations. It was clear, right? And her name actually was Miss Scott. Again, no relation whatsoever. I promise. And, uh, and of course she's the only woman in this movie. And of course she's has to be wearing a bikini because, you know, this is the 1960s and yeah. and all women were considered back in those days were pretty much sex objects, pretty much. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up looking back on it now, but, um, but, uh, but I was trying to figure out why she was, why she was only in a bikini and, we, we we're suspecting that we were suspecting in the watch party that I guess she was just tanning because uh, there' there's the, this, this like what looked like a tanning light in the room. And, um, and I was saying that, um, you know, of course, if this movie were made today, she'd probably be butt ass naked because <laughs> this was 1964. So this was probably butt ass naked for in 1964 uh, culture, you know, because they couldn't, they couldn't do full nudity back then like that. There's, imagine the thought of full nudity you know
1: there was no in any proper movie there was no nudity back then Mm -hmm. not until the late 60s that's when it started happening yeah early 60s nothing there was nothing except for actual porn flicks right (laughs) there were that was all underground
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: stuff so
2: and, and early sixties, the Hayes Code was still in effect. It wasn't until late sixties that we transitioned over to the rating system.
0: Mm. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So but but it, it's interesting because yeah, not only were was that the case for um the sixties, but also um you can tell like th- that she's very disappointed that um that the general has to uh has to leave and go to the office essentially which of course involves going to the war room of course and talking to the freaking president but um but I love how the movie like they talk about like they they're heavily implying that it's like that she wants to have sex without outright saying it and it's like <laughs> it's like they go right. many different lengths to go out of their way to say it without saying it you know
2: <laughs> that that's part of the haze code you couldn't really uh state stuff explicitly like that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. But all everybody in, knew.
2: All, all all innuendo,
0: all saying around. Right, yeah. Because yeah, because when you yeah. hear that it's like of course you know what's going on, right? <laughs> like you know what's happening.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so look up at some point, it lists out specific things that you could and couldn't do uh in Hollywood in the movie and have it be accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Included over to yeah. rating spell four years after this. But yeah, this is his code. They had to adhere to that standard.
0: Yeah. They had to do it. Indu-
2: or he didn't get the movie out.
0: Yeah. They had to do An induendos scene. for describing sex. And also for the fact that like, it's like he was saying, he was telling her to essentially wait for his return and, then they'll get it on. And it's like, and in my mind, I couldn't help but think he was just basically saying, Honey, just think about me and masturbate until I get home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like that was basically what was going to happen, right? <laughs>
2: uh what, see how long she was uh queen of the castle?
0: Yeah, right. But uh, well, but the, the funny part too is that um later on in the movie and it and I didn't even realize this until afterwards, but it uh, it makes total sense. But uh, but she he gets a call right in the middle of this big presentation with the president, and he's like he's like baby I can't right now like 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 he's just in the middle of this freaking big um conference room like in the war room just describing all of Russia's plans and whatnot, and he's trying to uh, he's trying to calm down his horny girlfriend.
1: (laughs) Uh, To be real, I don't think she would have been able to make a call.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, because that is true too. Yeah. That is a yeah, (laughs) because trying to get a call in at that point probably was damn near impossible. So White
1: House, you know.
0: Yeah. So how she managed to get through, that's that's a mystery. Yeah. Because it's funny. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not too worried about the logistics of that while when you're watching it. But um by the way, props to the camera people for getting that shot with all those mirrors in it without getting the camera to reflect itself in the shot. I can tell you from personal experience, that is not easy to do. So, so good on the, good on the camera people for, for
2: accomplishing that. That's, that's, that was cool. It, it was, it was Kubrick. Wasn't he kind of a perfectionist? Oh yeah. He yeah. Was. Wasn't he? Yeah. hmm.
1: Yeah. In I mean, fact, some of the scenes, like the outside fighting scenes with a handheld camera. Oh, right. That was done by Kubrick was actually manning the camera there oh really highly unusual yes
0: wow yeah because it was like it it, it was it felt weird too because um because those were definitely handheld shots right like you could tell that those were like you know
1: like and I had a special camera for that
0: yeah 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 because otherwise yeah because those cameras back in those days were heavy so yeah trying to do a handheld shot was i'm sure not the easiest thing to do back then um Uh, But uh, but throughout the movie, and especially at the very end, um, Dr. Strangelove has these muscle spasms that are, you know, seemingly uncontrollable. And, you know, it's like at one point he's like almost choking himself out at one point, which may be a little unrealistic. But regardless, Um, but but uh, they apparently do apparently does have a name. It's called the alien hand syndrome. But you guys were telling me that it was given the nickname Dr. Strangelove syndrome after the movie was released, which I thought was kind of interesting.
2: Well, that was the first I had ever heard of that. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I, knew, I mean, I knew about Illy Hansen, but I didn't know about the nickname. Hmm.
0: All right. So, well, let's talk about some of my favorite moments in this movie because I had I had, some really, uh, good, uh, I had some really good. I had some really good moments in there. Um, I gotta say that the irony is not lost on me that they had a sign up in the military base saying "peace is our profession," <laughs> when clearly that is not the mission at hand here. Clearly, the mission is to basically blow up the entire Earth <laughs> with a with a nuke. Essentially, and peace is our provision. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> uh, I actually, I read that that that's the actual motto of the Strategic Air Command. Oh yeah. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I don't so doubt that that's the case. Sense. But it's still. It's still ironic, given the theme, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Of course.
0: <laughs> but yeah. But also that uh, that line where the president asks General Turgidson and the Russian ambassador, "There's no fighting in the war room."
2: Mm-hmm. yeah because they're getting into a tuffle and yeah there's, there's no fighting in the war no room. fighting
0: in the war room except sir this is the war room like the war room and you're saying no fighting it's, uh, okay <laughs> but um yeah this is all irony yeah it's all irony right <laughs> but essentially um so this essentially this story um I like I like to basically sum up this story essentially as um it cuz it revolves around the fact that um basically one general has a power trip and it causes this whole mess to happen essentially. And so it, we talked about general uh general Jack D Ripper again kind of a funny name.
2: Ha ha ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper.
0: But we talk about the fact that uh that uh, like like the story basically revolves around him essentially going rogue. And giving marching orders to use nuclear weapons through essentially what I, what I take away as basically a fake warning that he sent out himself, you know, and and it's and so everyone is saying it's like oh he probably overstepped his authority. I'm like uh you think? Because <laughs> it's like the president is the only one who can actually give the authority to to do anything militarily, and he's
2: just like nah nah nah. I oversee the president. It, it, and especially with nuclear weapons he's the one that starts everything
0: right yeah he yeah famously the president is always has like um it, it's like that that briefcase that's always the nu-
2: the carried around football, that's yeah the called.
0: nuclear football that's it yeah yeah so yeah and famously yeah that's that's always carried around with the president at any time um so that he can basically send off the nukes wherever whenever and so they're always ready. I, I think ready. it's more
2: like that has all the information to get the process started.
0: Right, right. Mhm. And um and and apparently and it and it's one of those things where like they, they have a secret code word for it and it changes every day. Um so there's a new code word every day. So um but of course, you know, and, and of course Captain Mandrake is trying to do the right thing and trying to stop this, you know, st- trying to stop this from happening and to, to which i love how um jack ripper just like like just like shuffles around some papers and all of a sudden uh, oh shit there's a gun on his desk <laughs> like it's like oh, I'm, wow. sure,
2: it, I'm sure it had always been there
0: oh right i'm sure this
2: wasn't gonna show mandrake that there was a weapon on death because it was ready to use it
0: right but also it's like damn that escalated real fast <laughs> And I'm like, I also, and it's also one of those things I'm like, well, no wonder he killed himself because he'd probably be rotting in jail for the rest of his life if they actually caught him. You know, like, I, I'm i not surprised that he took his own life,
2: you know? like, Well, they, yeah, they would have tortured the hell out of him. Would have been very, very unpleasant, to say the least. Mm-hmm. That's why he was talking to Mandrake about torture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and more specifically, his bodily fluids. Like, He was so obsessed about talking about bodily fluids. Like he even compares it to his sex life at one point.
2: Like, well, (sighs) when you go off the deep end, as much as this guy did, uh, yeah, that's just part of it. (laughs) Yeah. That just comes with
0: the territory, I guess. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did love the that line where they where he goes. Uh, I I don't. I think it was. I think it was Ripper that says this. Where he's like, "The redcoats are coming. The redcoats are coming." <laughs> of course, talking about the commies, which didn't turn out to even be commies. It was a. It was another American, um, you know, group of soldiers, and they're just doing friendly fire at each other, like <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> but of course, it's, it's. Of course, it's a call to the you know the Revolutionary War. Uh, which was great, <laughs>
2: and, and he's saying it to a British captain, right? <laughs> so, so there's a double entendre there, referring mm-hmm. to the Soviets while talking to a, an Englishman.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's funny, yeah, no, that's yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, I will say, uh, to the president's credit at least, he does at least try to stop this whole catastrophe from happening. Like he calls uh, he calls the Russian leader and he's like he basically tells them to shoot down their own plane. But let's be honest, like it it, it as you went on during this movie, it, it it was pretty obvious that like this was kind of a useless attempt. Like this was kind of just like a throwaway uh a throwaway, you know, play to try to <laughs> try to make peace. Because uh, you know, the doomsday device ends up wiping out the whole entire planet anyway. So I guess you could call this movie a cold war cautionary tale, or maybe an alternate ending or something like
2: that, you know? So well, they didn't know about the uh, doomsday machine at first. Right. And, and he was trying to distance or the president was trying to distance himself from what Ripper did. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that the shooting down of our planes was the backup in case we couldn't get through with the recovery code. And no, we didn't get through to everyone. Got through a vast majority of the planes. Mm-hmm. They just had to shoot down three, and then of course the last one it's target. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. Hit its target and pretty much wiped out the whole planet with it. <laughs>
2: oh, I will uh, start with that. Yeah, but yeah, you had to call uh, premier still a premier kiss off. Still funny name.
0: Yeah, right.
2: Kiss <laughs> Kissoff. After yeah, all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and, the, the the names in these in this movie is just great. They're just so funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and talking about this being a uh, Cold War cautionary tale, it actually has been said that after this movie came out, the military actually adjusted their strategy to make sure that basically a, a scenario that played out in this movie couldn't ever happen in real life. Because apparently, it was this was one of those things where um we talked about this on the war games episode where Reagan actually saw this movie. And after watching the movie instructed his advisors to look into look more into this whole like computer hacking thing. And, tr- and like it, it actually indirectly kind of beefed up our defenses in the government's um, computer systems as a result of war games. And it's the same thing here where it's like, right, where, where security protocols got tightened as a result of this movie coming out, which was, astonishing right
1: so yeah i believe that that they that they went to you don't want to have one person controlling it Mm so you need not not like this. No, yeah you normally would have two people that would like you've seen scenes where they both have to enter the key at the same time and enable it to turn simultaneously. People. Yeah, right. fam- famously, so. I
0: think War Games even um has some of that too. Yeah. In fact, yeah, yeah. like that, that's in the opening scene of War Games, I think, too. So Yeah, yeah
2: guy won't turn his key. hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah, and almost gets shot because of it. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> again, no, it's, people- un- it, it, it's unclear if he gets shot, because they cut away. Yeah, true. That's yeah, true.
0: Uh I uh I we're here's something that I'm not really sure about, but this is just my personal theory um we're not really sure about this in detail but i but i believe that um colonel guano what again these names
2: but colonel the guano was that guano right again another funny name
0: yeah yeah absolutely but colonel guano um i believe was kind of the leader of that other um um soldier troop that was you know firing at uh at at the General and the captain in their in their office, right? And um, and you know, I and I think that he was in charge of that other um soldier unit that were that was firing all that friendly fire inside the office. By the way, props to Captain uh, Cap- Captain Mandrake who was holding those rounds from the from the machine gun. I can imagine that does not really feel well on your skin because of how hot they can get.
2: You know, before they got fed into the uh, the machine gun that. Uh, Ripper was firing,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: which he was holding onto with the, onto the barrel, which would have gotten super hot.
0: Right,
2: right, and, so, and there should have been more recoil on that thing.
1: Yeah, that thing was gigantic. Yeah, but he he wouldn't have been able to aim that very well.
2: <laughs> yeah, much and, less, and he had it stored in his golf club bag. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah much less <laughs> right.
0: uh, yeah well you'd he, be having a hard time aiming much less right outside of an office window right like yeah, spray like, and pray it's fine <laughs> I mean that's what works in Fortnite right
2: <laughs> Fortnite or any FPS
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah Um, I don't I, I, I just I found this funny but I don't know what General Turgidson's obsession was with looking at the big board it's like He keeps referencing it like I think we. The final count was he referenced it six times. He's like, just look at the big board, like look at the big board. And I'm like, all right, buddy, this isn't press your luck. Calm down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and he didn't want the Russian ambassador to see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I just because there was all the info that we had on Russia at the time. Why show the the enemy?
0: Right. Yeah, but I I can't help but imagine it's just like it's just like a game show. It's like. Let's take a look at the big board and see how many missiles are gonna hit the Soviet Union. <laughs> you know what I mean like I just I, I every time he said that, I couldn't help but think of uh, being uh, becoming a game show like that that's just my comedy sketch uh <laughs> side coming out of me, I guess <laughs> but um I want to talk about this specific aspect because I want to know what you guys think about um my theory on this because. At the end of the movie, Dr. Strangelove talks about um, a, having a computer decide like which males are optimal for procreating after this is all said and done at the end. And what I I I think I kind of picture this as kind of like the uh, the of the time version of having basically an AI picking winners and losers, essentially like this almost feels like what an AI would do nowadays. Right. Like, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that?
1: Uh, well, yeah, maybe because you're well, in those days, you'd have to explicitly program the computer for what parameters yeah. you wanted for each per, you know, for, for these people, right? Of course, you know. Yeah, the, but the
0: concept know. is the same,
1: though, right? Yeah, yeah. Except, I think
2: except, so. except the machine's not thinking for itself. Starting with the set of parameters you give it, mm-hmm. you're you're going through it from start to finish. It's not start with this, and then go on and give us results later
0: right yeah 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 this one is more in real time yeah
2: that's true because these things were not that complex
0: right yeah 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 our our
2: phones are more complex than the way these machines were yeah you saw how how huge they were
0: yeah yeah that's well because that's what we were saying too because um but i i think it was um people had said that the apollo 11 um mission like the computer that was used for that apollo 11 mission has like worse specs than like your modern like say your modern iPhone does today. You know, like this thing has more um um processing power and computer computing power than the Apollo eleven missions computer did back then. So
1: that, Oh yeah, without that, yeah. Even the is, early yeah phones were like Yeah,
0: the early iPhones and stuff, yeah.
2: But, but the Apollo computers were specialized. They had one job to do, navigate in space. Right. Not all this, all the crap that your phone does. Right. It's one thing, do it well. That's why it was able to break so much and recover itself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: The, the, yeah, that, that's why, there, yes, there was alerts on the way down Apollo 11. But it wasn't like they lost the computer and were screwed. Mm-hmm. They came back they finished the mission yeah mhm
0: yeah i i will say that this uh that this movie kind of has an abrupt ending and it make but it makes sense as to why it's an abrupt ending right but i love that i love that the way that they chose to uh that they chose to make this movie um like <laughs> the way that they chose to end it because just before the doomsday device detonates Doctor Strangelove discovers that he's able to get out of his wheelchair and walk again, and and, I, and it's like it's America boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, he, it, as soon as he can walk again, he discovers he can walk again. Uh, well, it, it's all for nothing because the world just ended. <laughs> yeah, like talk talk about a talk about a hit to the self esteem.
1: That's <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a satire.
2: I was about to call out Mein Fuhrer a few times because <laughs> yeah. he was a Nazi in the, during the war. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I know we mentioned it up uh, at the top, but I gotta mention it again. Like, easily my favorite scene of the whole movie, Major <laughs> Kong, who is uh, who is the one who's operating the plane, they're trying to detonate the nuclear bombs and the door, uh, and the door that's supposed to open to release the nuclear bombs um, are not opening automatically with like the switch that they have and so major kong decides that he's got to go in there and and manually turn and manually turn it on and like fix the wiring inside of it and he he gets it to open but once it does though like he's still chilling on top of the bomb and (laughs) and he's still sitting on the bomb as the bomb drops and he's just riding the bomb down the whole entire time all the way down nope. to the ground. <laughs> Whooping and hollering and mm-hmm. waving his hat around. Yeah, it's like he's leg. having the time of his life on that <laughs> well, thing. Well, he's a I cowboy. Mean, he,
1: <laughs> he knows his life is over anyway, so his mind will make the most of it.
0: Right, yeah, because as soon as he touches, the, as soon as it, and it even, like, punctures even, like a, m- like, a dust particle of the ground, it's like he's obliterated. Like, his body is unrecoverable, like it's it's disintegrated at that point, yeah <laughs> to,
2: but what a way to, to go to, out <laughs> so just throw in there uh uh before Kong goes to fix the doors, mm-hmm. it's James Earl Jones that's the Bombardier trying to get them open remotely, mm. and he can't get it open with all the I guess by the book, all the stuff that he would normally try, right? Is that why Kong went? Because that was last resort.
0: Well, it was probably that, one of those situations where that fire um, kind of took out the um, the equipment that would have made that happen, almost
2: right? Yeah. After so they got hit by the uh, missile, it screwed a lot of stuff up.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. So that makes total that, sense.
1: That, and that's James Earl Jones' first movie. Oh
0: so. wow! That's. What, what other projects has he been in? I'm, I because that name isn't familiar.
1: James Earl Jones, uh, Darth, Darth Vader. You, you don't
0: know. Uh, well, and it, 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 you know what it could be. It also could be one of those things where I, I know, I just don't know
2: the name, too. Because you were saying Darth, the voice of Darth Vader.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah.
2: Four, uh, thir- 13, 14 years before Star Wars.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because c- yeah. Again. Yeah. So that is a classic example of yeah. I I know, of course I know who Darth Vader is, but yeah, I never it's, knew that 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 yeah. was the voice Darth Vader,
2: it. Uh, Mufasa in Lion King. Oh, he was he was in Coming to America.
0: Mm. Okay, haven't seen oh, that. Oh yeah, one that's yet. right. And,
2: and that's all I could think of off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, but the Lion King too. Wow.
0: Mm -hmm. that's crazy but yeah uh, yeah.
2: he 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 is Mufasa yeah there's Mm -hmm. no one else that can cover that role
0: oh yeah no no but uh yeah easily one of easily my favorite moment of the movie and uh, before we go to our ratings uh is there anyone that any moment that I didn't mention that was your favorite uh we'll start with you Alan
1: uh to me my favorite is him riding the bomb down. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a classic. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, a, it's just the uh, there's never been a scene before it and it's just memorable.
0: Yep, 100%. Yep. Totally agree with that. Uh Tom, what was your favorite scene?
2: I mean, there's uh what is it? Yeah, yeah, riding the bomb down that is classic scene. No fighting in the war room. That's good irony. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff all around.
0: Yeah, there really is. And so, I think it's uh, I think it's about time we've 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 covered our favorite moments of the movie, and now we got to give it an overall rating. It's time to give our ratings for this movie. We're gonna start with Tom first this time. Uh, Tom, what rating do you give this movie?
2: Oh, two thumbs way up. Mm-hmm. This proves that war can be funny.
0: All right. Yeah.
2: especially nuclear war can be hilarious
0: (laughs) yeah right yeah specifically nuclear war yeah that's a good point uh alan what about you thumbs up thumbs down
1: uh definitely i agree with tom definitely two thumbs up uh the it's one of the greatest satires of all time so i that's sort of why i look at it
0: right on yeah all right my rating this is a this is an this is an interesting rating for me because you might think because i was mentioning about like how it doesn't beat casablanca and i'm like i might give it a poor rating but i am going to give it a thumbs up and the only reason i'm giving it a thumbs up is because this Stanley Kubrick movie was way better than 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> so that's the only reason this movie gets a thumbs up from me. Because, uh, because yeah, this was a much, much better pacing movie from Stanley Kubrick. And uh, But I, I did think this this movie was a little weird for me, though. So it, it did knock some points down, at least from for my enjoyment. But overall, I thought it was all right. It was a pretty good movie. Still, like I said, still doesn't beat Casablanca, but still pretty good. So. So uh, thank thank you so much for uh, thank you so much to you two for suggesting this film. And uh, yeah, and thank you so much for talking about it with me. Uh, we'll start out with you. Uh, uh, we'll start off with you, Alan. I know you two pro- don't have a whole lot of projects that you are plugging, but uh, you wanna just, do you want to do to just plug any social media real quick. Oh, oops. Alan. <laughs>
1: Uh, one <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, t- uh really I have nothing except for Twitter, twitter.com slash wabbit magic. I hardly use it. I post once in a blue moon.
0: Yeah. So but chances are though <laughs> if you already are a part of Diamond Club, Wabbit has probably already followed you
1: <laughs> because
0: he follows everyone <laughs> from Diamond Club. <laughs> right. Uh what about you, Tom?
2: yeah same thing twitter captain jack 913 but hardly post on it uh let's go yeah uh do more with game night which
0: yeah yeah every friday yeah i was gonna say yeah you two are both uh regular uh staples of game night so uh so yeah so if you want you can check out my stream and you'll see more of those too if you enjoyed uh if you enjoyed their uh their voices today. So, uh, so yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash is one. I'm live twice a week. Every week we do uh, Battle Royale Wednesday and Diamond Club Game Night. It's always a ton of fun. And, of course, speaking of the community, I do a watch party for all of the movies that we cover on this show. Join the Discord at discord.cinemavention.com if you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners. Uh, that's also where you can put feedback in. Lots of people chatting in there right now about all the movies we've covered. Lots of good conversation in there. Uh, But if you can't make it to the watch party, don't worry. We have the watch party available on demand exclusively to people who support the show on Patreon. You can get it in your own RSS feed over at patreon.com slash Wscottis1. Thank you so much to everybody who helps support the show. Really, truly means so much. If you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, Send in your thoughts. Email at cinemavention.com is the email address to send it to. And I will more than likely read your email on the show. I want to try to get some more feedback because here's the thing, guys. I don't get a chance to read a lot of feedback. So if you send if one person sends in feedback, I'll probably read it. So (laughs) this is going to be your chance to get it right. So. If you want to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show, you can do so by visiting the website cinemavention.com has a link there to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Pick your favorite and subscribe and leave a five-star review if your podcast catcher supports reviews. If you really like the show, please uh, please give it a good rating. Uh, Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music for this show. You can find his work at incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the comedy movie Airplane with Clyde Harvey. I am so excited to talk about this film. This was such a hilarious film. I can't wait for you guys to hear (laughs) our conversation about this movie. I could totally see why Clyde put his name on on for this one, because this is very much up Clyde's alley. So but uh, that, that, that is a very silly movie. If It is. Yes. Yeah. But uh, we'll have we'll have so much fun with that movie next week. I hope you'll tune in for that episode. Until then, we'll see you next time.
1: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>